Yeah, so before before we, we fully start the podcast, I've just saw an image of someone doing a donut with a tank. <laughs> Sounds great to me. I I mean they're the they're the bad guys. They were those those uh, you know, bad terrorist people. But uh Are they the yeah, baddies? They, <laughs> are they the, are they the baddies? Uh but, uh, Terrorists doing yeah. donuts and tanks. Yeah. It's 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 cool. It's always good. Right. Well, let's get that's, next, uh, next next we're gonna have uh we're gonna have uh, Evangel- evangelists doing like three AM challenges or something. <laughs> I hear you Um <clears throat> Communicating with Jesus uh, at three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> So well, then, you know, this is this is good. We haven't even haven't even started the introduction yet, and we've insulted the terrorists and the evangelicals. Uh, it's perfect. Yeah, the so worst part good is, way to, as yeah. I've kind of implicitly put them on the same level, and that's that's maybe not so good. I maybe shouldn't have done that. Oh <laughs> uh, no! But uh, ah well, what can you do? You know. I regret just, this. I apologize to any. Evangelists or people of strong faith who may be watching this. Yeah, we we don't intend to offend. We we just do. Yeah. Mm. So uh, yeah, introduction. Here we go. This is the Immaterial Gamers podcast. Hello, I am Ryan. I am World of Tanks, the original. And uh, this week, I've got myself the other two wargaming games. I've got Duncan, who is a uh, World of Airplanes. Or World of Warplanes. Uh, pew pew, I'm Red Baron, because I'm a ginger, get it? Jokes. <laughs> and then uh, and then I've got Darius, who is uh, World of Warships. Hello, everyone. Oh my god, was that a real tank, just a real warship right now? I, I Or was that Darius? I can't tell. I've tried to imitate how warship explode, but... Not sure if that worked. Explode! I was hoping that that was a gun, uh, but you just went straight to explosion. He's not a very good warship. No, uh, that that actually just sounds like every matchmaking game I ever had in World of Tanks, which was just like, all oh, right, sweet. Who do I boom? What? I didn't even get out of the base. It's so, uh, not even moved. Yeah. I haven't even selected yeah, I mean, my ship yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, you know, someday I would want to go back to World of Tanks, but I bet it's just people hiding in, like, crags. I've seen videos from World of Tanks of them, like, doing, jumping off cliffs and just landing on enemy tanks to destroy them, which is a bit odd because of Wargaming's intent of realism. But, you know, it's still fun to look at. I mean, didn't you see all those World War Two videos where they were the... The Germans used uh, that tactic. They just dropped oh, yeah, their yeah. tanks on top of the uh, invading Americans. Yeah, just watching mouses just, you know, cartwheel off cliffs. <laughs> schnell, schnell! As they, they fall down. They should have tried implementing that, like, uh, that GTA cheat where, like, you use the low gravity and then you turn the <laughs> barrel of the tank behind you and you start blasting behind you and eventually you just, like, take off. And start flying around oh. the city with a tank. Oh man! Oh, yeah. those were the days. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm thinking if Rocket League, but with tanks. Oh, Rocket League <laughs> is quite a good game. 
Yeah. Rocket League would be a very interesting game if it if it had tanks. Let's get that mod in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that I know that they've got the weird mayhem mode where you know a comic boxing glove pops out the front of the car, but yeah, actual World War Two tanks playing football slash soccer. Because I've got we've we've got to make that distinction clear for an international audience when it happens. But uh, yeah. International audience. We don't even have a domestic audience. Hey, hey, we've got some sort of audience, I, I, I reckon, because we've, we've uh, got like probably the more popular video that we've uploaded in the past two months, because we nearly hit double digits with the Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes video, which if you haven't watched it yet, please watch. Please? Uh, it's, I will, maybe, at some point. Hey, no, well, you're part of Immaterial Gamers, you don't need to be the audience as well. I mean, if you want to. You have to. You know, you had the you had the advantage of being there, you know. Anyway, what else can we look at? Probably nothing much, actually. So we'll just uh, we'll just get right down to it. So we will go to our good old faithful segment. What's been played? And so, Raya, what have you been playing? Oh, oh, well, thank you for asking, Darius. Uh, uh, what I've been playing this week mainly is. Far Cry 5, hot on the hot on the anticipation of Far Cry New Dawn coming out, and with that game being an absolute spoiler because it's a, a direct sequel to Far Cry 5, mm. I thought I'd give the the game a a, a go, try. and yeah, I quite like it. I quite like it indeed. So um, tell us about this Far Cry 5, since yeah. I have never played a Far Cry game. Okay, so Far Cry 5 is the latest in its series of stealth-like first-person shooters uh, from Ubisoft. And uh, this time uh, involves you... Well, Far Cry games usually have the idea of you being in a very weird remote situation with no help anywhere, things going a little bit crazy. The idea being that you are a Far Cry from home. I get it. Um... And it also, it was because they used the they used the Crytek engine initially because it was a Crytek game. But uh, yeah, generally the the idea is that they're first person shooters with a little bit of a, a tiny bit of a stealth focus on it, um, not too dissimilar from Ghost Recon, but it's tailored to more the single player experience. And in this particular game, so we've had we've had a few Far Cry games. We've had one set on some tropical island somewhere where some terrorists were going crazy. We had one happen in the middle of Africa where some sort of uprising was happening. Number three was in some remote islands where you and your weird Maori, like Samoan heritage sort of thing, uh, took place while taking on some weird, like, pirates. Uh, number four had you take on a dictator of a, a fake country, not too dissimilar from Tibet. Fakelandia. Um, yeah, Fakelandia. It's, it's almost like the Ace Combat games set in the, the world of the Strange Reel. You know, that's where you had good old Ameria and Estovakia. I guess what those places are. Ameria. Um, that sounds like, sounds like Chinese bootleg America. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it, was, it was part of the Namco thing with the Ace Combat games is they wanted to keep it in a real-world-ish setting without basically pissing off any real-world countries. So... 
Yeah, that's why you had Ameria, or Ameria, which was the analogue for America, and Estovakia was Russia. Amario? That's a that's a video game character. <laughs> Amario. And Grace Mario, Mario now. <laughs> it's a it's Mario. Mario. What yeah. kind of Mario? What are we talking about? Oh, well, he's, a, he's Amario. Um, but, uh, no. Anyway, we'll move on from that. The, the, the fifth game is actually set in uh, rural America. America. Where you are... Yeah, America. Real, real America. And that's where you are a new member of, like, a local sheriff's department uh, attempting to take down a cult that has grown in ridiculous size uh, in this rural America place. And it starts with you capturing the cultist leader, uh, Joseph Seed. Yeah, Joseph Seed. Joseph um, Seed, that sounds like a cult leader, all right. Yeah, his 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 name to everyone else is The Father. And of course it is. Yeah, you capture him, you're about to escort him with a U.S. Marshal, and shit goes south, where you then realise the own police department is all under the thrall of this very weird cultist, who's uh, basically started preparing for the end times, and decided that you are a problem. Not enough of a problem to kill you outright. Enough of a problem to capture you in increasingly implausible scenarios every X experience point. But still, that's just by the by. So yeah, you, you end up... Li- you'll Then it goes very Ghost Recon. There are three big massive areas of this county, or Hope County. And you sneak around, cause some, cause some chaos not unlike Just Cause, retake these outposts from these cultists and eventually draw out the cult leaders where you then take them out in ridiculous fashion. So I'm currently one cultist down. Uh, I've got rid of uh, the the brother of this, uh, John Seed, and his power of yes, which is basically keep torturing people until they say yes. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah... Got captured by him twice, because that seems to be the case. Every time you hit a new resistance level in a region, an event happens where you then get captured. And uh, you then break out and cause more shit. And I got rid of this guy eventually by um, doing a massive shootout in a little, a little town called Falls End. Uh, chasing him, ended up in the skies, shooting his, his aircraft down. After a while with some guns, because it turns out I suck at firing dumbfire rockets at a guy. <laughs> Believe me, the you know just constantly seeing rockets fly past him, and my ever-increasing sounds of fog, fog, fog. So you know you get the idea. But uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't but want to hear the ever-increasing sounds of your fuck. <laughs> I, w- I don't ever want to have to listen to that. Oh well, don't worry. That won't happen. Um... But yeah, took took the guy out. He falls down, and then she gets out of a pa- you know gets out of parachute and just you know lands safely on the ground. To which I then pop a couple of bullets and uh, incapacitate him to the point where he's going to have his death throes. And then the game gets very very political without needing to get or without going very political. And it's I kind of like that with this Ubisoft game. I know there's like a there's this complaints going around and so no you should you should discuss like Donald Trump and all that you know in your games it's like well no 
because it's going to get dated very quickly, and the world knows that Donald Trump's an arsehole. You don't need a video game to tell you it again. But, um... Well, we did the, like, have, uh, the Mr. President. Uh, oh, well, yeah, that was... That was a weird game. It was. It was a very weird game. Made a good, uh, achievement hunter play, pals. But, uh, oh, oh, boy. oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. If you're a Democrat... But, uh, you might not enjoy playing that game. New, no. <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, you end up in he's getting his last final speech, and this is where you can tell it's political because they're trying to make out that some event is going to happen, which I'm going on the idea of nuclear war as an idea. They keep hanging out in bunkers and silos and stuff like that. So it's you know it's a weird thing. And and he as he dies, he says, "Look, we're just trying to help." people you know you can see what's happening out there do you see who's in charge and i'm like oh they never explicitly mentioned the name but you can definitely tell what they're what they were thinking we can't say who the president's name is but his name rhymes with tronald dump ah ah tronald dump that's a good one you see uh just want to make sure that uh you know he's, he's, he's not called ronald rump Ronald Rump. That's yeah. That was the Mr. President name. Yeah, yeah. That that four. I remembered it from somewhere. But um, yeah. So I'm currently one region down, two regions to go, and then a take on the compound where I then take on Joseph and his weird yellow glasses and his oddly calm voice. Like the guy. The first introduction of the guy is him having a sermon, and he calmly talks about people being in the mist, while poking or crushing a guy's skull through his eyes. <laughs> Very calm while he was doing it. No wow. no crazy strength or anything like that. He was just speaking while it happened. He's of, in the rankings of Far Cry antagonists, he's up there at the top. Um, he's, he's definitely there with Vaz as uh, the, other, the other one. But uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's what I've been playing. It's like that's the when you first started describing it, it sounded like a it sounded like a story arc of Michelle Longmire, and then it turned mm-hmm. into like a weird combination between like Fallout and like Bioshock. Yeah, yeah, in a in a sort of sense, sort of the the weird Anne Randian or Anne Rand, isn't it? Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand, this sort of Atlas Shrugged style thing. Oh, I've forgotten who is the who is the owner of Rapture. In Bioshock initially. Uh, I can't say. I, 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 I have very passing knowledge of the game. Uh, it's too uh, scary it's... for me. I don't want to. I'm scared of it. Uh, it's it's fine. I'll 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 remember halfway through the podcast while someone <laughs> else is talking about the game. So um, based on that, uh, since Darius, since you kindly asked me what I was playing, yeah, what have you been job. playing, sir? Good job flipping the script on that that there Ryan guy. Yeah. Right, right, Darius. Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm I'm covering all other people now. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's alright. So, no, so it's not. I'm walking I exclusively on other people's toes right now. Nah, don't worry about it. Right. Uh, in that case, uh, yeah, Darius, off you go, mate. What have you been playing? Oh, ever, kind of like few games for a few hours. Nothing major. Nothing from you know front to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to remember what I was playing on PlayStation last night. Yep, there was the Red Dead Redemption a bit. Okay. Uh, random shootouts, basically. More horse riding? Yeah, well, I tried to avoid that. <laughs> mm. uh, I just don't like it. 
that that's the whole thing. I just don't really like riding the horse. <laughs> However, that's riding not. a horse sucks, but riding a horse is very different. I um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, riding an entirely different thing. That's uh, yeah, like a like a very very quick tangent on that as well. Yeah, I've uh, posted it on Facebook and and Twitter, but um, mm. yeah, turns out naming a podcast episode "Easy Squirt Ketchup." Uh, does mess up with YouTube analytics. So oh god, what kind of videos are coming up next to ours in that Google search? Well, yeah, when, some, when someone's Google searching the word squirt, it's, uh, yeah. It comes up in 5% of searches. So, oh, sorry, 0.5% of searches. So Well, the good news is we're growing our audience. The, the bad news is we may be growing it to the wrong people. Yeah. So uh, yeah, 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 coming coming soon. Immaterial Gamers podcast will be released exclusively on Pornhub. So um, yeah, well, that'll be that'll be the that'll be the way to go. Probably. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I I digress. Um, yeah. I'm already sorry, doing face cam. I'm I'm only a couple steps away. <laughs> <laughs> I look good on camera. I don't think I look very good in real life, but I, I clean up a camera. The lighting, the lighting, uh, the lighting flatters my hair color. Oh, oh man, that's uh, that's good. That's at least one of us. I just pop. don't look good. All right, uh-huh. back to the games, guys. All right, yeah. back to Darius. <laughs> what have you been playing? Oh God, my computer. Uh, I've been playing a bit of Mysterium. Ah, uh, yeah, I saw I saw that in the in our Discord this uh, this afternoon. I've tried to. Yeah, I've played the um, single player mode. Mm-hmm. And oh god, it's so hard to get it right. Yeah, it's it's oh it's not too bad when you are investigating. You're trying to match the cards which you are given. Mm. That's not too bad. But when you are a ghost, it's just stupidly hard sometimes. How we how people can well people how AI cannot get it. Yeah. What do you mean by sending this card? Yeah, it's a bit weird how the AI seems to be a little dumb when it comes to when it comes to that. I did lag yeah. a little bit, so I missed the introduction. You're talking about Mysterium? Mysterium. Oh my god, Mysterium. A single play- you can be the ghost in an AI match in Mysterium? Yes, you like can do. Just like, I feel like that's just like, could be really luck-based, isn't it? Hmm, exactly. It's Well, it's a really nice card-driven game, isn't it? Uh, we've played it a few times already together. Yeah, we've 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 uh, we did a play session trilogy on it. Yeah, yeah. I missed the whole thing. Sad face. Oh. Damn you. Hey, uh, don't worry, don't worry. We'll we will that'll be a game that we can go back to for another trilogy at some point. Oh, definitely. I'm definitely up for it. I'm uh not this week coming, but the week after that, I'm actually on break for uh from college, so I'll have a lot of more free time during that week. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's something definitely what we can do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I will, um, I will get that in the. Uh, I will get that in the, in the mental notebook. And apart from that, I've been playing a little bit of Astroneer. Okay. Uh, the game was for ages in like um, early access or something like that on Steam. Yeah. Uh, it was quite an interesting game by the time. Uh, however, they released the game kind of recently, uh, and they kind of changed a few things in it. Uh, it's more for the you can or for the worse. Uh, I would say for a better, f- as far as I know. However, I, right now they introduce like a single player mode to it, mm-hmm. uh, where on the original one there was like kind of you can still play like a single player, but friends could join you. 
Yeah. Uh, right now there is, you know, like complete deviation between two. Can either play a multiplayer where friends can join you, or you can play the single one. And the, I think the most imp- improved or changed the things which has changed is that instead of having everything to your disposal on one planet, uh, yeah. they kind of give you a basic resources on the first planet, just enough to um, research and create a pod to go to the moon or the closest planet mm-hmm. where you can get the more valued um, resources. Okay. And from that, you can then go back with those resources, build something more, go back again to that planet to get more the same resources, and then you can travel around the space collecting different things. Okay, so it goes on the... It definitely goes in the list of the Minecraft No Man's Sky. Yeah, however, it's sort of completely... Idea. Yeah, but there is less to do it. It's it's not as creative as Minecraft, and there is no much to do as in No Man's Sky either. Right. It's just like simple base building. Because as soon as you, I think... Uh, you, I might be wrong, but as soon as you visit the moon and then you're going to another planet, that's mm. basically all your resources done and you can build everything and when you finish with building everything there's not much to to be done in this game. Right, okay. They might they might add some kind of, you know, more things to it later on. Uh mm. but at this point that's kind of seems to be the point. So it's basically like Diet Galacticraft. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Galacticraft was the, the Minecraft mod that allowed you to explore the solar system, wasn't it not? Yeah, the Achievement Hunter guys are doing a series in it right now. Uh, ah, they, they've gone back to it. Yeah, they ha- they have. it's expanded quite significantly since they initially did it a few years ago. Yeah, since, so. they, since, they, uh, since they sent Gavin to, spa- uh, to the moon and he crash-landed. Yeah, that didn't really... That didn't change much, except in this time it was Jack who exploded on the moon. Oh. oh. But yeah, no, it's basic. It sounds to me like it's like that, except not nearly as uh, expansive. Hmm. Yeah, but oh, it's, it's it's got improvement now that it's out of now that it's out of early access. And yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 definitely like a nice nice small game for two free evenings. Yeah. I don't. Well, you can you always can get back to it, isn't it? But. If you are for like something new every time you're getting back to it, it's not gonna happen. Mm. It's the it's the distraction game. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Then so. that would be me, I would say. Unless that you is. want to hear a little bit about Apex. You played it, didn't you? Yes. Uh I guess we've got a couple of minutes to spare for Apex. What are your impressions on it then? It does feel very good in terms okay. of gun handling mm-hmm. which is good for a uh, for a battle royale game guns yes are well important. it's mainly thanks to the guys who've done it because they are the old um call of duty guys yeah so oh, they yeah. knew Re- respawn. they yes they know how to do the good weapon mechanics yeah so that feels great um yeah, a little bit of shame there is not so much freedom in movement like you have in Titanfall. Mm. Uh, a little bit missing of that. But, on the other hand, you've got like a um, 
characters which are super powered. Yeah, how do, how does that work? Do you reckon in the in the battle royale thing of, of basically going Overwatch? Um, it's completely changing the whole aspect of it because well, um, depends who you're using, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I just played two two characters so far, and I'm not really you know familiar with every single one of them. Mm. But as far as I can tell, it's giving you a nice nice balance to it. It's literally mixing kind of like like you said. Uh, um, um, battle royale game, which the game which we should not mention, and the <laughs> uh, POG. Yeah. POG is it? Yeah. Uh, PUBG. Yeah, yeah, PUBG, and they're mixing that with um, oh, what was the game called? Blizzard game Overwatch. Oh yeah, Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's really, it's really like that. It's mixing these two things together. So when you Picking up the character which you want to play, uh, you have you have you and your two buddies because you're always playing with a team of three. Right. Okay. Uh, there's no big point of getting all the assassins. Mm. So, so you yes, can you, you're trying to kind of balance it to have a good damage and good uh, good health region in the team. Mm, yeah. To kind of help each other. Okay, that wasn't something I, I realized on that. So that's not. So it's not solo focus like the other no it's not you, you, I think you're not even able to play it solo you have to play with two other players right okay which is for some some people might be good for some might be bad but for me mm. I would say that's um, an, an advantage of this game yeah that you're okay. never alone yeah that works out then so yeah we're, so we're, yeah, we're all good we're all good on that then yep sweet no worries. So we've had we've had Far Cry, we've had Mysterium, we've had Astroneer, we've had Apex Legends, and Duncan. Excuse me, my uh, Duncan fall asleep. I, I had some uh, acid reflux going on. I just melted my throat, so I'm a little I'm a little hoarse. Uh, All right. No sorry worries. for that just gro- gross description, but it's it happens. We're very real here on this podcast. We're not afraid uh, to yeah, uh, afraid admit to our humanity not. and our human flaws. Yeah. Yeah, so, <coughs> so. Yeah, we, uh, I'm full of them, so there we go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you took an extra helping just for the rest of us, yeah. for our sins. <coughs> so uh, yeah, I've my mind just went blank because I forgot what I've been doing this week. Uh, I've been <laughs> I've been playing a few games actually. Now that I think about it, um, I will say that the only game that I played was different than games I've played in previous weeks. Was I've been playing a little bit of. A game called Cuphead with my sister. Oh, Cuphead! Oh man, you were looking for punishment, weren't you, <laughs> when when starting that game? Uh, I wasn't really looking for anything. My sister was the one who decided that we were going to play it together. Uh, uh, you know, she just wanted some bonding exercise for us to do. Uh, yeah. We had a bit of a struggle trying to figure out how to get two controllers to work on one PC. It was not mm. easy. It still isn't easy, even though we know how to do it. Oh, typical. Uh, it didn't help that one of them was a sort of bootleg PS3 USB controller. Oh, perfect. I used to do that. So they were PS4 controller and having to get the DS4 um, the DS4 software to try and connect. And, and sometimes the games would flicker in and out between whether, you, whether it was going to decide to show you PlayStation controls or X-input controls. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. Again, sorry, that was another digression. Well... No. The, uh, but yeah, you know, it's like 
you know, the Xbox controller, it's like you turn it on, you enable it, and it's like, boom, they've already got control set for you. No, no big deal. Yep. But then it's like the other one, but for the the uh, the off-brand controller, it can detect it, and it will accept inputs. But what's interesting about it is that if you're player one, and you set mm. your player one to that, to the uh, off-brand controller, uh, you, you can't menu with that with the controller. Yeah. Even though you can play the game 100%, including all navigation with it, you can't actually use the directional pad on the controller to do any menuing. Mm. This also includes shopping. Oh. And where that becomes oh, a no. problem is if the Xbox controller is set as player one, and you go into a shop, well, the shop, I guess it's the shop, uh... What ends up happening is your controller doesn't work, so you have to use the keyboard as your like menuing option. That's the only way you can get around it is by using the keyboard instead of the controller. Uh, mm. But the problem is that the keyboard always, by default, unless you've set it otherwise, uh, coordinates for player one. So if you set the Xbox controller for player one and the off controller for player two, uh, both the keyboard and the Xbox controller will will menu for player one and player two essentially can't do anything because you can't change controllers in the shop menu and you can't move player two's cursor or do anything with player two with the keyboard or any of the controllers mm -hmm. because two of those key controllers are set to player one and one of them doesn't respond at all so you actually kind of soft lock yourself in the shop menu and you have to literally reset the game because you have no other options mm -hmm. No. So the only way to play the game is by setting the con the off controller to player one, so that you can use the keyboard to navigate the menus and and use the Xbox controller as player two. Once we figured that out, we actually started to have a good time playing Cuphead cooperatively together. Mm. We have cleared the first world of its bosses and levels. And we have beaten, I think, one boss in world two. Uh, we got stuck up on a, a boss that's like a like a genie of some kind. He's a he's a genie in World Two, and he's the guy who stopped us. That was the last time yeah. we played. It's a it's a very fun game. It can be very frustrating at times. Mm. It's it uh, a, a run and gun of yeah. It's, it's a... sort of a run and gun. It's like a it's essentially a, you know like a Mega Man boss gauntlet type game, except with like a 1930s aesthetic. Mm. I which love is, the animation in it. It's... Which conceptually is such an odd idea. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. But I think that's what gave it its sort of prominence and the attention when it was like first announced. Just this idea of, oh, right, so we've got a run and gunny game that looks like 1920s animation. Yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd say it works for it. But I've also saw that it's uh, the difficulty of it can be described as uh, brutal. Yeah, it it is definitely a difficult game. Uh, I I think I think I think we're on like a medium difficulty setting, and yeah, we're we're struggling pretty hard. Um, mm. what else can I say about it? What I what I will say what I like about it is that like a lot of times when you hear about a game that does something really different or unique with its artistic aesthetic, like its art direction, like Cuphead, where it's like, oh, we're gonna hand draw every frame of this game. And make it in the style of like old 1930s pre Walt Disney cartoons, 
and then you think and you're, and you're looking at that and you're hearing that and you're thinking oh okay this is gonna be some weird artsy game where like the gameplay is sort of a minimal element and you're mostly just here for the pretty visuals or like instead of focusing on like conventional gameplay it'll have a very unusual gameplay mechanic that's kind of makes you go okay uh the the gameplay is, mu- is as much of a piece of art as the game itself i'm thinking mm. like bendy and the ink machine kind of thing where it's like all oh, very unique and unconventional type of game with yeah with a very odd uh art style but it was kind of interesting and in a way refreshing that it was like or or you can even like compare it to like any old walking simulator type of game like the stanley parable for example mm. but but what i found kind of refreshing about cuphead is that it does focus on a very conventional old school gameplay that is super simple it's literally just a like i said a mega man-esque platformer slash shooter game uh yeah you know it, it doesn't really get much more complicated than that you know like you get the controls you get a handle of the controls as soon as you play it doesn't really change very much mm. and if you've played any game of that genre from you know they were really big in the 80s and 90s that yeah. you'll be able to get a hold of it pretty pretty quickly and i like that they decided to i get i get it's it's kind of interesting because like they have this really old school visual aesthetic but then they also have a very old school gameplay mechanic like obviously not as old because video games have only been around for you know 30 40 years but like mm. They take this art style that goes back to, like, the earliest days of animation and this gameplay that goes back to, like, the earliest days of console gaming and kind of mash it together. And it kind of works in a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely. I do I do like it. I it's, it's a hard game, but I like it. I like that it's simple but elegant. Yeah. And, you know, it's... It was great when it finally came out after like the three years of providing bits of, of footage. It's just like, yeah, this is what's going on. Like, oh, where is it already? And then it comes out and everyone's like, yeah, this is great. Ow, I died. Ow, I died again. And you know what? I think I should pick it up at some point because, uh, you know, I feel I should also need a bit of a, a bit of a mug and cup-based punishment in my life. So, uh, yeah. yeah, cheers yeah. for that, Duncan. I, I'll, I'll give a thumbs-up recommendation for... Uh... Mug face. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Yeah, is it Cup Face? Uh, no, Cuphead and his brother Mugman, is that? Yes, Mugman. Ah, uh, perfect. Now, there we go then. So, yeah, so we've we've talked all these, all these wonderful little and big video games, and now it is time to talk about big video gaming news, because it is news time with the news. News time. News. Use, so uh, yeah. Oddly appropriate uh, what, to pronounce it that way. Yeah. If I, if I recall correctly, what kind of use will be uh, on the menu today? So on the new on the news menu today, we've got a massive piece of news. One that happened as predicted. Uh, one that happened on the day we uploaded last week's podcast, and uh, and then and then some very very. Uh, Quickfire news that may lead to a spot call question. All right, well let's hmm. hear it. So let's get, let's down get on with it. Then. Yeah. So straight on, Activision Blizzard. You know, like how last week we were talking about the fact that they were considering laying off people. Yep. Mm. Okay. They I, did. I'll pretend I was here. Ah. Uh, uh. Yeah. So um. Oh yeah. So last week, yeah, we talked about Blizzard 
um, announcing that there was some layoffs that were going to probably happen the next Tuesday or on the Tuesday of the podcast. And they did. And they did it in an earnings conference. Uh, CEO Bobby Kotick of Activision comes out and goes, we have hit record results in earnings in 2018. However, there is still room for growth and it did not live up to expectations. As a consequence of that, we are getting rid of 8% of our workforce. And they did. So let's take that into account. Let's, uh, let's, Let's go that again. As a result of a successful profit earning year, Activision celebrated by getting rid of just shy of 10% of their staff. Yeah, you know, as a guy, I bring this up all the time, I'm the finance major here, I'm I'm the one person who has, like, the benefit of kind of being able to see through the matrix a little bit in these seemingly baffling and mind-boggling corporate decisions. Mm-hmm. So what probably happened here, there's a combination of elements going on. Okay. Number one, uh, obviously there's... There's the uh, the big elephant in the room of having to discuss how Bungie has parted ways with um, what's it what's it called uh, the guy the company we're talking about Activision Blizzard yeah we've so they parted yeah. so that was a major developer and a major game under their belt that is no longer <clears throat> their responsibility and therefore is no longer a part of their revenue stream so that's going to be a problem for them okay. Yeah, that sense. I mean, you have to imagine that a game as size of Destiny would probably have necessitated a lot of additional administrative and supporting staff that are mm-hmm. now largely extraneous and no longer necessary for them. So I imagine a large percentage, maybe not all of them, but probably a large portion of the people that they are uh, they laid off there or fired. Yeah. We're probably I mean, part yeah. of that staff. Like, so like just saying that Activision Blizzard dumped 800 people for reasons is not entirely taking into account the whole picture. I mean, that a lot of that is probably just them trimming the fat in their company in a completely reasonable, if a little bit of a bummer, you know, re reorganization mm. of their staff. The yeah. second reason why they probably could have done that, and why they may have. It might have been the reason why they got rid of so many people because I don't know if 800 people is necessarily the uh, consist comprises the entire supporting staff of you know former Bungie games. And mm. maybe I don't know. I don't know how big games are these days. But part of that yeah. is because they're no longer relying on that source of income. The they may be anticipating uh, a drop in revenue. For the 2019 year, the you know, 2018 was great because for that most of that year, for the you know they had Bungie with them and they had Destiny with them, and that mm. was great for them. But now in 2019, they're facing a potential downturn, not only because not only in their like you know the value of their shares and their company because of this news, but also in actual revenue. So by you know. And it's it's unfortunate that this is a common practice in companies, especially in these tech-based companies like video game developers and publishers. They may be looking to decrease their wage expense a little bit to improve their margins, their profit margins for mm. you know decrease their operating expenses. So 
as to increase their net income for the next year. Which, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate that people, real people with jobs and families, have to be on the receiving end of this practice, but it is a real thing that companies do. From a corporate standpoint, it makes sense, but at the same time, it sucks because people are being affected by that. There's, there's, There's no right or wrong answer, unfortunately. Mm, fair that is yeah that's fair that is actually it's actually funny because we had a whole thing we we were discussing about we actually discussed this in uh in one of my classes financial statement analysis like just two days ago we were talking about a very similar situation where you know a company one of their solutions to increasing their bottom line was to cut staff and one of the students was like well, if you cut staff, aren't you gonna? Isn't that gonna impact sales? Isn't that gonna impact the value of the company? Hmm. And you know, uh, she was kind of like, "Yeah, that will probably see some decline, but they may also find what they might do is they'll take you know a team of five people who used to do this one thing, and they'll say, okay, you know what? Two of you go home, then now the three of you can do all that work, you know, and you know, now we the have same. yeah." We've de- we decreased our operating expense in that department by 40%, and we're still doing the same amount of work. Those people are mm. now overworked, and two of them are out of the job. But uh, capitalism rolls on. Yeah, that's that's the sort of thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you're pretty much on with what this Ars, uh, the Ars Technica article is, is saying on this. Is, is, you know, it's worth noting that you know Destiny didn't live up to our expectations. Skylanders has now basically as a franchise been dropped. Guitar Hero we discussed last week as well. Um had had basically dropped off the wayside as as well. Um I find it weird some of these are a little bit contradictory to others and, you know, what you've what you've explained has made sense into into some of this. It, yeah, you're right. A lot of the support staff had had gone, but that was stuff on you know, they were saying they were taking Bungie out of the equation at that point and we're talking that was the support staff on the other franchises, particularly in Activision, Blizzard, and King, the mobile game market, they got rid of an entire studio. Um, in in that in that mind, and granted, given what happened with Blizzard and them getting rid of Heroes of the Storm, basically, the fact that they were primarily or they're investing in Battle.net and esports with a focus on Candy Crush, Call of Duty, Overwatch, Warcraft, Diablo, and Hearthstone, it's a little bit off. Some note on them, that every single one of those franchises is heavy on the microtransaction market. Yeah, heavy on the microtransaction market, and probably not very demanding in terms of, like, required staff for support, and, like, technical support and administration. You know, they're trying to maximize that bottom line by you know redirecting resources from really uh technically demanding games towards things that have a uh, you know a much higher uh, return on their investment so to speak in terms of manpower and also real investment mm. which again you know capitalism rolls on that's that's how we do yeah it's yeah it's it's just it's it's bad news but you know it does hopefully like say these the 775 people they find you know they find work elsewhere i mean virtually every games company 
heard that a bunch of Activision Blizzard employees were getting laid, laid off. off, and they went, "Oh, hello, we'll we'll have you, we'll have you, hello." Yeah, because those are people with expertise. Mm. Yeah, they are I masters. Would, yeah. They are really are masters of you know of the game design things. So yeah, yeah they will definitely find the good jobs. Uh, if not, they can always form a new studio. Mm. It is. It is possible. So hope. Hopefully, it will work the best for them. I mean, Activision Blizzard. They are. Are are they? I know at least in the West, they're the highest revenue uh, gaming company. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about globally, but I believe that in North America, at the very least, they are the largest gaming company. So. I imagine yeah. individuals who were laid off through no fault of their own, like if you were fired from Activision Blizzard, that'd be a different story. But if you were just laid off just, for yeah. corporate financial reasons, then I imagine, yeah, those people are going to be in demand in the industry. And, the, and I'm hopeful that they'll go find work elsewhere. It sucks that they have yeah. to kind of re, you know, reassess themselves, and some of them may even have to move depending on where their new you know, offices will be located. But yeah, well, if I I know that if I'm you know sort of a mid-tier gaming developer and there's a bit of mass exodus out of one of my major competitors, I want to pick up some of those folks. Yeah, you know, pick up uh, some of those people who are responsible, at least in part, for the success of my biggest competitor. You know, think about it that way. Yeah, that's that. Perfect. That's true. And um, yeah, we'll we'll wrap this article up as well with just with just a little bit because. Yeah, I just wanted to Everyone get into it because I was, you know, it's obviously a, it's a big article, it's a big event, and you know, yeah. having a lot to say about it, you know, as the kind of oh, yeah. inside guy on the job, I, you know, I thought we could yeah. elaborate on it a little bit more. Yeah, I'd say that gives it gives it from a completely different perspective as 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 Joe Gamer was like as I certainly felt when it first came out, which was basically Bobby Kotick's an arsehole, Activision, uh, basically, you know, getting rid of people for. For for the dollar dollar and nothing more and you know it's fair, businesses have to survive. And I'm, but and I'm not saying that dollar dollar was not the primary motivation. It's still you know a lousy move, but you know. Yeah. Now we can at but least see behind the curtain a little bit. Yeah. As yeah, and, and as to why that's that's happened, and uh, yeah, so it was just a very quick one. I didn't put it in the list because it's just a response, really. But a PC gamer did an article of um, <laughs> of Ubisoft CEO. Yves uh, Guillemot um, reporting their financial things and they've had a very strong third quarter and as a result they will unfortunately be not laying off 800 people I, I have to admit that was a that was a very funny article so um, you know that's that, you know, just like that you know it's like you know we've got the you know we've got all this money but unfortunately that means we do have to build our organized our organizational structure for the long term and it's just like yeah okay yeah, and it's i like, can see you know, that that's a funny it's a funny response and i can see, you know it's not it's actually a intelligent uh like from a corporate standpoint that's actually an intelligent move to make believe it or not to mm. you know sort of pose a sort of like funny tongue in cheek you know dig at you know, Activision Blizzard, because it's like, you know, popularly speaking, people aren't going to be taking into consideration like the real world, you know, reasonings and logic mm. behind Activision Blizzard's decision making, and they're just going to be thinking, oh, they're just a bunch of corporate assholes, they're greedy and just want to make as much money as possible and overwork their employees, which I'm not saying that's not possible. I'm not saying that that's not what they're doing. 
That's don't mm. get me wrong, but then it's also like it makes them look so much better by comparison. And you know, hey, with yeah. uh, you know, hey, your your uh, your uh, investments in Activision Blizzard are, are going down the tube. Why not uh, invest in us? We're we're on our way up. We're not we're not reporting. We're not expecting to report losses. We're not anticipating downturns. We're we're going up. Invest in Ubisoft. Throw yeah. your throw your yeah, that's throw your investment floor, in Activision Blizzard away and buy shares in Ubisoft. Yeah, one company cock up a little bit, yeah. and the other is trying to you know um, yeah. inf- enforce their own rules. I mean, like, you know, structures. Yeah. And I mean, you're looking at two different companies in two very different positions. I Like I, like I said, you know, Blizzard may have done, yes. a rec- may have set records for 2018, but the end of 2018 sets a very, you know, a concerning precedent for their 2019 projections, which is why they did what they did. Ubisoft did not have that problem, which is why they can feel so confident in, you know, taking that dig and making these comments towards Activision Blizzard. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see if that pays off when the division comes out because they've had their, you know, they've had their problems as well. You know, particularly the <laughs> the email, the email that came out and the person that got fired from Ubisoft for the poor PR campaign of during the government shutdown having an email for the early access of, of Division 2 by going, this is what a real government shutdown looks like. Probably not the, you know, it's, it's Ubisoft's own problems. However, they do what they do, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. So Time will tell. Yeah, always. Time will always tell. We'll see what happens when it gets closer to April, when those lawsuits will all, will all come out. But um, that was the big discussion piece. And uh, we'll just move on to some sort of quickfire quick fire stuff. We will uh, move on with some slightly better news. We all like... You know, we've got to make this... This We are not endorsed by Rooster Teeth. They don't even know who we are. <laughs> no, I doubt They've that very th- much. I've, I've met Barbara Dunkelman a couple of times and she recognized me. Uh, she doesn't know my yeah. name, but, uh, you know, that's about yeah. as close as I can get. Yeah, I was, I was you know, 15, 20 meters from the cast of Ruby. You know... Is you know it's a thing. However, you know, quick quick things. Uh, Duncan, a uh, few few episodes back, was talking about the um, Ruby Combat Ready. That's true. And I was talking about that. Yeah, and uh, seems that Rooster Teeth are bringing out a or have already brought out a little deck building game. Yeah, it's like I remember in that episode where I talked about it. I thought it would be really awesome if they had co-developed and co-released. A uh, you know like a digital version of that game, so that you can play like long distance with other people, you know not just the physical board game, and I guess that's kind of like, not quite the same thing, but kind of along the same idea. Mm. You know they've essentially created a deck building game, which is entirely different from what I understand from Combat Ready. Yeah, but um, it's it's something interesting. It's nice to see that Rooster Teeth are expanding on a ridiculous level. Speaking of this, yesterday, as we're recording, as always, we do it on a Sunday, did you hear about the fact that Rooster Teeth are now producing a Transformers series in partnership with Netflix? Like Transformers brand Transformers, or just like Transformers inspired? Uh, Transformers as in the brand Transformers. Wow. Uh, uh, Co-production between Hasbro, Rooster Teeth, Polygon, 
the the animation studio behind it. So and not Netflix. not the not Polygon the news. Uh, yeah, not yeah. Website, not them, no. But uh, yeah, so you know, as as fans of Rooster Teeth, that is getting very big. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I thought it was insane when they were, uh, you know, when they had legit Hollywood actors start showing yeah, up in their their newest series, Genlock. You know, they got Michael B. Jordan, star and David of Tennant, David Tennant, mm. uh, Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones. Yeah, and Dakota Fanning. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be, I'd be Michael B. Jordan, like, oh my god, from Oscar-nominated film fucking Creed, uh, Creed and uh, also in Black Panther as, like, the as co-star, like, you know, yeah. as the villain. Yeah, you know? and then, yeah, D- Dakota Fanning from her various movies, and David Tennant from Doctor Who, and, you know... And, Arguably and one of, if not the most famous Doctor. Yeah, yeah. And 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 then, like I was saying, Maisie Williams of Game of Thrones fame, and, and and you know also also seems to be an app developer as well now. She's like, you know, all over the place, and yeah, yeah. So that, and then and then weeks later, and just just like, oh yeah, Rooster Teeth are producing this Transformers show uh, based on the War for Cybertron, and we're like, uh, sorry, what? excuse me. How did like, that happen? Man. What happened yeah. to their animation department? It it fucking it has exploded yeah. lately. Yeah, I mean, like like I say, they're 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 doing this as they're doing this as producers. So it's like they've got Hasbro have got their own, you know, got their own animation studio in the form of Polygon to to do this. But the fact that this collaboration just came out of nowhere, uh, so yeah, but uh, yeah, good on good on good on Rooster Teeth. And remember that that's that's the channel that I first remember in college where people were talking about a bunch of guys. Who had just come from a call center to do some episodes in a in a in a house somewhere, taking the piss out of Halo. Yeah, no kidding. It's just like so, talk about uh, humble beginnings. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how I, we'll see how that. I have always said, uh, I don't even know if this is like appropriate content for this channel, but like I I'm currently uh, working on a four-year degree in finance uh that's mm. that's my education that's where i'm heading you know i want to i want to become like some kind of financial planner for either individuals or companies uh, mm-hmm. that's my dream and the first company i want to apply for when i graduate is i want to apply at rooster teeth to see if i if there's any position there that would you know suit those those uh criterions yeah uh, and I've known that I wanted to do that since probably before I even went to college. And ever since I'm... And, and with all the things that have happened since I made the dis- that decision, God, I am just constantly kicking myself. I wish I had gone earlier. I wish I had gone to school earlier. I wish I could have applied earlier because, God, I, I, I don't think there's anywhere in the world right now where I could be getting more experience, a more effective experience than if I was, you know, working behind the scenes at Rooster Teeth mm-hmm. during this explosive growth period that they've been going through the past few years. Yeah. It's like, I can't imagine the what it must look like behind the scenes. It's just a, a whirlwind of, of deals and changes going on. I, I, I would yeah. have loved to, be, to have been there at Ground Zero when it all took off. Mm-hmm. And I honestly so- just hope that there's still a position for me when I when I apply. Yeah. Just picturing what it would have been like for some of those like 
for the animators and producers and stuff like that and just like yeah so yeah Hasbro have, have jumped on board and like <gasps> yeah that, but, uh, you know we've got a big name on the Torino so yeah it should be good mm. so yeah look for, look forward to that that apparently I think coming out on Netflix like later this year or something so that'll be interesting to look at so that, that's uh, that's our that's our fanboy recognition right there so we'll get that uh, we'll get that filed in and you know certainly looking forward to it. it might actually give me something to look forward to transformers wise because michael bay fucked it all up yeah let's uh let's let's bring that back around shall we yeah you know apparently bumblebee was a was a good start but uh yeah keep it going so as we move on uh more bad news don't know if anyone ever played the game Blacklight Retribution. Uh, well, not yet. Nah. The first person shooter that, that, that came out... Oh, bloody hell. Eight Some years ago. ago. Yeah. And uh, Steve, the general, sent us this. Um, they've shutted it down. Or it's going to be shut down. Oh, the game that the, I never played is going to get shut down. Yeah. Tragedy. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those, one of those things. All the items in the PC store have been made free, so, uh, you know, for until it shuts on March the 11th, you could probably go on, buy everything, and just have a little bit of fun. sandbox fun. But, uh, yeah, we lost another one. Thank you, Eurogamer, for telling us that. So, but when, when one game goes, another game takes its place, and we move to uh, one of the other stories, the one that I was going to get the uh, the spot call question for, so think about it while we're going for this. Oh, of God. all games that would have gone Battle Royale, would any of you have expected Tetris to be it? Uh, I can't be, be honest. What, you no. mean like Tetris to be a Battle Royale game? Correct. Would you that. have ever expected no. a Tetris How? Battle Royale it's, game? I just don't see it to work, if you know what I mean. Well, well it is working, because... <laughs> Um, during Ow. last week's Nintendo Direct, they were announcing a whole bunch of stuff, as they do. Fire Emblem, uh, Link's Awakening, you know, yeah. a whole bunch of remake sort of stuff there. And then they announced that there was going to be a Tetris game called Tetris 99, in which you play in a hundred people lobbies of Tetris, and you go until there is one remaining. Last Man Standing Tetris. It Plays by the party rules. Send you know big lines over to your opponents. You get lines sent back and and stuff like that. And you just keep going till there is one left, and that that person wins. But yeah, they announced it, and it came out that day. <laughs> yeah, I I'm unhappy that I don't have a switch at that point because you know me. I like my Tetris. I'm not great at it, but I like my Tetris, and that's something I want to play. So we're throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, basically. Um, you know, I would have pictured, I would have found it a bit interesting maybe if you had to create some lines in order to, you know, try and do it the battle royale way, which is to scavenge the blocks. So, like, say you maybe you just stood there with just L-shaped blocks until, you know, you can find the the straight line tetraminos. But no, no, it's it is just standard Tetris, but in hundred player matches. So, it looks fun. I wish I had a Switch. I don't. I'll wait. It's good. But, based on that, I've got a Spot Call game. The Spot Call question. 
I want you to find me, or I want you to suggest to me the weirdest concept for a battle royale you could think of. A game that shouldn't be a battle royale. Uno. <laughs> Uno battle royale. Straight I in. think I that's I think that might be the winner. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I was just going to go off of games that I have on my desktop, and all of them could work, sadly. All of them, even in the most bizarre situations. Sid Meier's Civilization V Battle Royale. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be, everyone's that'd be committed awesome. for 30-hour play sessions. <laughs> Marathon mode. 2,000 turns. Just, just keep it going. Those, oh, man. Yeah, so between that and Uno... But, Uno Battle Royale. Jesus. I want I want Dance Dance Revolution Battle Royale. 100 mm. dancers and, and as, as they like, go. That actually might be like entertaining to watch. <laughs> yeah, just 100 people on dance mats playing progressively faster songs until someone you know, someone, someone leaves and or, or collapses. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that, that would be an know, interesting concept because like that would really put a different spin on uh uh on the concept of a battle royale. Which is like, yeah. you know, it's a very long paced game and you know, it really like plays on your like mental patience. Yeah. Towards the end. But like a game that plays on your mental and physical fatigue as the game goes on, <laughs> that would be an interesting twist. Uh yeah, definitely. Oh uh, yeah, so you know got, what? Throw that out there. So we got Uno Battle Royale, we got uh Civ Five Battle Royale, and we got DDR Battle Royale. Very different battle royales that all have very yeah. different connotations. Yeah. See that you see that's what I mean. Not not one of them would be normal for a battle royale game. But I mean, if Tetris can do it, fuck it. Everyone anyone, can anyone do else it. can. Yeah, yeah. There is there is absolutely at that point there is there is nothing that's, us that, that from... stops that. Yeah. Oh right. So um, yeah. Well, what we will do is we will wrap this up. That's uh, well. I the anthem news. news. We have anthem yeah. news. Did we have anthem news? Yeah. So, as we had our beta test, like, what, last week, two weeks ago, mm. you would expect they will try to, at least try to, fix the servers, isn't it? Ah, well, I'm going to say this now, as as someone who's played the Anthem, or Anthem, this week, their servers, I'll be honest, are okay. Well, but we their have loading the report... screens are god-awful. But we do have... Uh, you know the reports that on the launch day, you could not log in. Really? Yeah. Um, Where did that come from? Where did that come from? That? Uh, yeah, Polygon. Polygon. Yeah. Huh. Anthem early launch is already experiencing connection problems. That was um, on Friday. So hold on, it came out on Friday. When yeah. did this? When? No, like I'd like to know. Just I'm not defending EA here. Just, just to, just to go on this, because nobody should defend EA. Not even EA. No, never, never defend EA. It's just that I'll be honest. Personally, I did not experience anything like that. N- no, no. Mm, it looks to be a right. So what someone has put right. I'm looking at the Polygon article, and it's basically someone minutes after the game came out went and said that there's some problems. And minutes later, they've updated it, saying it's fine. Well, might be that case, but yeah. I was, I well, I was expecting a hundred percent, you know, smooth launch. No, 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 I wouldn't. See, hey, 
It's also uh, it's also a modern video game, so there's never going to be a 100% smooth launch. Oh yeah, you know, like there's always going to be technical problems. Games these days yeah. are like, it's like you develop a game, it's like you may as well be building a rocket to go to the moon. You know, yeah. it's just like, it, there's going to be problems. Yeah. yeah, it's like building a rocket to the moon, except you only have a year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would. Honestly, on this point, I'm going to go personally. I thought I would think that the bigger problem with Anthem is not their server pro- uh, connectivity. It's probably their bullshotting on what the recommended specs for running the game properly is. Because there quite... are a lot of people, there are a lot of people from admittedly mine just meets recommended specs and people who have got beasts of computers having the exact same problem with ridiculous loading times and pop-ins for textures in a game and mm. there doesn't seem to be any any particular thing that's causing the problem but joining an expedition with a group of three players as they want you to do and having you load in in staggered intervals between someone who's got their good computer and it's still taking a minute and a half for it to load in to then mine like I say, just passing minimum specs, taking two and a half minutes to load a map. That's a little bit too long. Yeah, that's that's a problem. The game's not even out yet. In in essence, the game is in not essence. even out yet. Yes. Um, but you know, hopefully they might have some optimization. Either that, or they're going to actually tell people what the actual specs required for the game are. Because mm. honestly, personal opinion, those specs don't cut it. I'm reaching recommended specs and it's not running. People are going to hit minimum specs and they're going to have a worse time. Oh yeah. But um but yeah, um in that case we'll we'll see how it goes when it launches properly next week. Yeah, let's week. look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But um yeah. Mm. Anyway, we'll try and keep that we a game. But anyway, yeah. Well, we'll we will wrap this up now. So for realsies this time. Yeah, yeah, for realsies after that false start. But um <laughs> yeah. Uh if you did enjoy our our excitement, depression and momentum, please do uh do and the like you share you subscribe you thing. Oh uh, yeah, and analysis. And if you want more more business discussion, because I do, because it's actually a bit different from my rambling, please do the like you share you subscribe you thing with the bell. Uh, check us out on the social medias. Uh, check out the other videos in the playlist, or the the other podcasts. Tell your friends, tell your families, tell your arch rivals and your nemeses, because all bad guys they still have bad days. You know, they need they need something to listen to and watch. Remember to check out the other series as well. Yes, uh, watch our gameplay videos. We yeah, have some table. Now. A bunch of yeah. different ones from different people. Yeah. yeah. So we got we got we got we got Steven's war table. We got my role playing, not in my games. Uh, we got our play sessions, and then the odd videos that will come up now that uh, may end up being just called something immaterially different, or Sid for short. Yeah, there, I mean, there may not be a there may or may not be a Dota video coming out by me, so we'll see how that goes. Depending on that project yeah. rolls along. Yeah, then we'll we'll see we'll see how that operates. But on uh, until next time. Thank you, Darius, and thank you, Duncan. Like it, share it, subscribe it. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And uh, 
and we wish you a good week, and for God's sake, please don't kill each other. We're trying not to. Good. That's all I can ask. All right. Cheers, guys, and see you later. Bye. See you. Bye-bye.